Hey, everybody. Welcome back to episode three of the Bearded Mindset Project. My name is Christian, and joining me today are Jason, JD, Chaz, and John. And we're going to be discussing the first couple chapters of the book, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Okay. Um, so this week on the podcast, we're talking about The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. And so in this book, Tolle presents some ideas um, that problems really come from worrying about the past and a constant worry about the future. And so he kind of advocates for a heightened awareness of the present moment as a path to, to, a, to an inner peace or an enlightenment. And so he goes really deep into this and, and there's a lot that we have to talk about today, guys. So, so let's just go ahead and get started. We got all the guys on board. So, so let me just start off by asking, how do we focus on the now? <laughs> how is, how is that a thing that we can do? Cause I don't know about you guys, but my brain can go all over the place at any given moment. And when I try and keep it focused, it'll last for like five seconds and then it's back off to the races again, thinking about something else. So power of when now, what is it? That, how do we do it? He talks a little bit about that, right? Like I think in the introduction, right? When he, he's like, when you first start to learn about this concept, you will, you'll, you'll start to gain glimpses and notice that you're, you're going into this state of being and, and that you're, and it'll be short lived and then it'll, you'll go back to, you know, in your mind again. And all right. So you're starting to use some terms that people don't know yet. So yeah. state of being, so there's, there's a couple of things that we probably need to start off defining mm -hmm. in the, um, yeah. so Tolly talks about state of being, he talks about ego. Um, and then another thing that we'll probably talk today about is uh, a pain body. Um, so, so who wants to define those for us? Real quick, so ego, I think that's a good one to start out with because in the um, psychology world, they use the word ego and it's completely different from the way he's using it in this context. So this is what's known as a spiritual ego, which is basically the accumulation of all of the experiences and thoughts and interactions and studying that you've done since the time you can remember after your birth. It's That's what he considers your ego. It's basically the outside influences that have shaped who you think that you are. If that is that a good way to sum that up? Yeah, I think yeah, that. Was I think good. So, so then the state of being. What's this? What's the state of being? I'll take a stab at it, JD. You can correct me and and help guide this a little bit. Um, so when he's talking about the state of being, you know, we all we all think with our mind, right? And we think about like we were talking about the past, the future, what's going on, and when we're in this state of mind, when we're thinking in all these things, we're not what he uses the word is conscious, which is, it's kind of weird, but um, the state of being is when you're able to literally basically like block out everything in your mind and just focus completely and totally right here in the present right now. Um, and when you're able to do that, your worries about stuff and your anxiety and all these things that come 
because of you thinking about different things go away. And so when you can enter into the state of being, you're able to enter into this, I believe he says, enlightened uh, state of like peace and happiness. Yeah. It's, and it's your it's your natural state is one thing he points out that yeah the, there you the go. way that we are typically now like with the thoughts and all stuff that's unnatural that's what we've accumulated after years and years of being here and doing all this stuff but the state of being is your natural state so you know one thing that I think about with this because we're we're all pretty spiritually minded and and think on a spiritual level is I've always thought of this as is like a state of being is accessing our spirit. And in our minds, I, I actually think when I picture ego, I picture my, my brain, my big gray brain, and, and that's the sum experience of my life. And that's the thing that takes over and takes power. But, but I have this active, I call it like a, well, and he refers to this as a watcher that watches your thoughts progress and watches your brain process things, process conversations, you know, that kind of stuff. And so, so for me, it's like kind of a spiritual awakening because you're tapping into your, to your spirit, that state of being to watch how you're processing what goes on around you. Like, it feels like there's a little bit of a distance, a, a gap where, where you're looking down and watching this, but yet at the same time, you feel the emotions of, of your brain and how it's processing things you know, and you react to that, but you're still kind of watching that and trying to pull back away from that and, and to try and get your brain to just, to just be and not have so much power over you. It feels like tr that separation is the struggle, at least for me. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. He talks about how, uh, we've, we've, well, most of us, I guess, have accepted our thoughts as our state of being like we we've identified with our thoughts. And I know that's true of me. You know, I, I've always thought like, if I'm thinking it, it must be true. Right. Um, so and that's yeah, who you are. Yeah. Or yeah, right. it must be who you he's are. saying that's right. not who you are, that, that your thoughts mm -hmm. are basically a parasite and they've hijacked you. And, and, you know, <laughs> I, I really like the idea of the watcher, you know, to, to be able to kind of take a step back and, and, and look at and analyze the things that were, thinking about um i i've actually i put it into practice this week and it uh it really was pretty empowering actually to to be able to look at that and to, to look at these thoughts or temptations and just kind of they just kind of fizzle um when you when i was able to step back and look at them so i think that's a cool thing i i it, it's hard to do though you know to answer your your question i, I think it's a practice thing honestly like it's it's a it's a cognitive recognition of oh i'm having you know intrusive thoughts or, or thoughts period can i step back be present and and watch these thoughts and see where they go or watch these emotions and see what they're what they're saying um you know it, it may only be a few seconds at a time but i think the more that we do it the more that we recognize it and then we catch it more often and it kind of becomes more of a natural way of 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 living as opposed to just kind of being overrun by our thoughts. Yeah, totally. John, you've, you've been quiet on us. Is this making sense to you or do you have any thoughts to add to it? Well, honestly, I'm saying, on, uh, did we read the same book? <laughs> <laughs> I must not have absorbed anything because I'm like, watcher, I don't remember this. You know, I, I feel like I've kind of studied or learned about the, the concept of now 
Um, and I, I appreciate the value that it gives us, but like putting it into real life practice, I've never been able to do that. And I think I probably have understood this principle or, or have learned about it um, 15 years ago. So like I, 15 years later, I still don't know how to do it. <laughs> so that's the only thing yeah. I can really say, but um, I do, I do like, like I said, there's that, uh, the concept of like, being able to find happiness and, and recognize happiness, I think goes back to our last book, the gap and the gain is when we're present, then it's easier to stay in those, those gain mentalities and, and avoid gap thoughts. Yeah. It's fun to see how all of these concepts kind of merge together as you go through it. Cause, cause he talks about this very specifically in the book that thinking about the past and worrying about the past and worrying about the future you know, that's mental health issues. Most times that's depression, anxiety, you know, and to avoid that, you simply just focus on what's happening right in front of you. And this morning I was on my walk and I, I, I walk my daughter to, to the school bus every day. And as soon as I drop her off, I get out my earbuds and I start listening and I was going to listen to more of the book. And I didn't have my phone with me. I totally left it at home. Just have my earbuds. I and I, and I was like, okay, good. It'll be a, a good little exercise in the power of now. And I don't know if you guys have, have done this very much, but you just walk. And for whatever reason, it's the trees. The trees have an ability to just help me focus or help me to block out everything because there's so much beauty, especially when the sun's just first coming up and with the autumn colors and you just look up and you just look at the trees and you just absorb everything in that moment. And I had a pretty good walk. You know, my brain would start to go off on things and I bring it right back. Oh, pretty tree, you know, and, and I try and stay focused on that. And, and that helped me. Like there were times when I just started to get chills, just looking at the beauty around me. Does that sound corny or what? Not it, at all. No, it's it's practical because he talks about that, just being present. And you can be walking up the stairs in your house and you just you just be there instead of thinking about where you're going or where you came from. Just just watch each step as you go up and just be present in, in every moment. And that, that's what he talks about. And one thing I really like that, that Tully says is you can know if you're in the now or not. He says if there's if there's joy, ease and Oh, lightness and lightness what you're in what you're doing then you know you're being present if not then you know you're living in what he calls clock time either past or present or future isn't there a part where he talks about um when you're when you're starting to focus on the present you're it's almost like one like you were just saying you were noticing the beauty of the trees like your your senses are heightened and so you're starting to feel like <clears throat> like starting to feel your fingers on the table and your feet up against the carpet. And just, you're starting to feel all these and paying attention to all of the senses that you have, like right this very second that you're actually experiencing. Doesn't he go into that a little bit or is that later on? I don't know. I, that's a pretty important concept though. I, I think, I think it's no accident that, you know, a lot of meditation practices will, will focus on that kind of stuff on, on being, on paying attention to what you're feeling, what you're, what's going on around you, just observing. Um, I think that's consistent with the way that God has made us. You know, I think that 
we've been given all these senses. We are, we're essential beings. I mean, honestly. Um, and so like how, how much do we just go through life kind of just turning these senses off, just trying to avoid the overstimulation and, uh, focus on whatever our thoughts are. And, and instead of being present, instead of enjoying those, those moments and being there, uh, we're, we're worked up about what we have coming down the pipeline or, or what we, what so-and-so said to us or, whatever it may be that just has nothing to do with where, where we are in the moment. Yeah. Chaz, that, that probably needs to be said again, because that is just so on point with, with society right now. I feel mm-hmm. like we need to, we need to put down the electronics. We need to find time that's quiet and where we can just be by ourselves and, and meditate. That's how we find God. That's how we find ourselves. And right now, more than anything in a tomorrow, tumultuous world we need to find that peace and it feels like there's so many things around there that distract us from that and keep us from finding that and so so one of the main points the main takeaways from from this podcast i would say is to to create some time and space where you can where you can live in the moment as fully as you possibly can to to connect with yourself and with god yeah and setting what you talked about setting time aside is great to to bring yourself back and, and realize and understand how to do that well. But the whole point is you, you really need to develop the ability to where no matter what situation you're in, in life, you can be in that state. You don't have to go into a closet, sit down and meditate, but you can just, you can be doing the dishes or driving your car or even in a conversation, but you're still present and you're just in that uh, well, state of being. You can. <laughs> no, I mean, that, that's, what that, that's what he's saying. <laughs> You've got a skill set that's maybe a little more honed in than my ADHD, you know, ego that likes to run wild. <laughs> but that's that's the point. It's yeah, you, yeah. He talks about breath work and inner body awareness, but it's not something to be set aside. It's something to learn to just do and be that way all the time. Because a true meditation, it's like you know, we should have a prayer in our heart always. We're told. And that's the same thing as always be in communication with God and with our deeper self, no matter the situation that our, that our body is in or our mind is in, just be there. It's, it's that yeah. simple. Yeah. So I want to throw out a question with that. Like, I mean, what I, maybe the book goes into it a little bit and I just haven't caught it, but what are those like steps or, you know, principles that we, how do we apply it is what I'm trying to say. Like, I, cause like I said, like I learned about this 15 years ago and I, it's like, I love the idea of like being in the present. Um, but like, how do you actually do it? Like, cause I mean, I do not like making a checklist for myself to do every day where it's like, Oh, I got to get up. I'm going to read scriptures and I'm going to pray. And then I'm going to eat my breakfast. You know what I mean? Like if I have this checklist, I don't feel like that is happiness. I need to be able to do things spontaneously as they come at me. So, you know, like on a day that I stayed up late, I'm sleeping in tomorrow because I'm tired and I need that sleep. But, you know, when my five-year-old comes running in, you know, okay, well, I got a new problem and I'm going to deal with that now. Um, but, like, how do you, like, because, like, going back to what J.D. was saying is the, I, I don't know, I lost my, so, <laughs> so I have, oh, go ahead. I have two, two things to take. To add to that, that answer. <laughs> what <laughs> was that? 
<laughs> to add to, or not to add to it, but to try to clarify a couple things. One is you used, you used a word problem for one. He talks about problems in there. And I think this is actually later on in the book, but he talks about problems. He's like, problems are something of, of a state of mind, not state of being, you know, problems. We, if there is something going on and it is a problem, it's because we have created it as a problem in our mind. It is a situation that needs to be, needs a solution to it. And so that was, that's number one is trying to see what you think of now as problems, as, as just situations that just need to be dealt with. And then two is acceptance of, of the here and now of what's going on. Um, those are two things that, that did stand out to me a lot when, when listening, um, as far as I've gotten so far is accepting of whatever the heck is going on in your life right at that very second if you can't accept it you're going to be in your mind and you're not going to be you're not going to be able to be <laughs> your being so he talks i think about that a lot about accepting and and it's probably worth saying that accepting is just recognizing that it is and not attaching any emotion to it right JD, yeah. would you add more to that? Is it? It's just a state of of recognizing that this is the situation. There's, it's out of my control. Why am I worried about? It? There's no reason to worry. It just is, and you just deal with it, and that's it. Is that? Is there anything more to accepting than that? No, it's, it, that's the thing. It's so simple. It's like uh, the secret to life. You know, don't worry about anything, and that's that's legitimately just don't worry about anything because. The situation has nothing to do with you. You are the one that does something with the situation. And so yeah. it's just does that answer your question. So John? Simple that we, we want to complicate it though. We want to make it hard. We want to say, this is, yeah. I can't do this, but you are this, this is, this is your natural state of being. We just forgot. So it's, it's really unlearning not more so than learning. Yeah, totally. Okay. Out there. I think I, the thought came back to me. So when JD was talking about making time to connect to God, right? Like that's the part where I feel like, you know, the value of being in the present and being now is able to have that connection to God, you know, to, to make that, that part of our life more real. And, but like, I don't know of any way to do that without like planning a checklist, you know, like, I need to learn the skill and that means I have to sit down and take the time to plan that out. And, and I just, maybe I just don't feel like my life ever has that time unless I, you know, like, um, unless I make that time, it doesn't yeah, come to like naturally. I feel like you can take every moment to practice this right now for, for me, I'm not letting my brain go. I am trying intently to listen to your words without let, without coming up with a rebuttal, without trying to think of how I would process it. I'm just trying to listen and be present. And, you know, when you have moments in the car, it's a matter of just looking around. Don't let your thoughts run away. Turn off the radio and just look around. Notice everything. Notice the billboards and the grass and the trees. You know, in the morning time, when you first get out of bed, just clear your mind and focus on your breath and how your body feels. 
you can look and you can feel like think about what your feet feel like as they're as they're touching the ground like christian were you saying that like like just yeah. everything around you just try and try and experience everything that you're move your attention throughout your body like all of those things are things that you can do while you're while you're doing everything else in life and so it's not another checklist item it's just like taking a moment to be present and the more you think about it and especially if you do your your three wins for the day you can kind of reflect on on that and how you want to do that and how you want to do it more and more and more and it just becomes easier to remember to do i think jd any other insights or you know chaz it's been a while for you too any any other thoughts on on how we how we can easily implement this I don't know. The only the only thought I had, John, is is uh, checklists sound like the opposite of being present to me. Mm-hmm. Like it seems like we're trying to plan out our lives, and I, I agree with you. Like I I don't like that. I like checking stuff off. Don't get me wrong, but I don't like being confined to you know saying I got to get X Y and Z done today. It, no ifs ands or buts. You know. Um, I don't think anybody likes being told what to do, but I, I don't know, maybe can you explain that more, John, and on how you feel like that checklist would look or work? Uh, well, uh, maybe this is a good time to just come out and say, be a little bit vulnerable. Um, so I, I, I deal with addiction and I've had to, you know, I've been through several 12 step programs and, and that's part of like 12 step is like, you know, they call it the daily checklist or whatever that you do in your daily tasks. And, and that to me just has always felt like a checklist and it kind of puts me in a box where I want to break out of that because I feel like that's where I'm really going to find recovery is by, you know, not being confined to this, you know, like, I guess, you know, I I always just feel like, well, if I didn't read my scriptures today, then God can't bless me. Right. He can't help me because I didn't do my part where what I'm learning now, and I think even with this book specifically, being in the present and being now allows you to not, to be connected to God without having to check off your, you know, I got my scripture study in today. You know, that's where I feel like, and I kind of like what Jason was saying is like, you can do this now. Like if I'm gonna try to bring a spiritual point in here is, is is that being present now is that similar to being to to praying always to to be in constant conversation with god where i can just no matter where i'm at like i don't, i can just start talking to god and that's almost the same or maybe it is the same as like recognizing the feeling in my fingers or the carpet in my feet right now like as i communicate to god like he's here with me and i don't need to create a you know, a shrine to go talk to him, I can do it now and at any time during the day. And by doing that, I, I pull myself more into the now and I, and I'm more present. I don't know if that answers your question, Jazz, but. Can I take that? I, I, I love that, you know, and I think maybe the part that you're struggling with is adding the tasks or the checklist onto the end of dailies. So first off, I too, struggle with addiction and have for a long time and uh have been you know studying the 12 steps for for a number of years and uh 
my understanding of dailies is is just that. So so John, instead of having this checklist of you know I got to read my scriptures every day, I got to pray every day, I got to uh, walk two miles every day, I got to you know connect with nature every day. You know, like boil that all down. I, I heard it in another podcast um, that 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 daily should just be basically connect with God. And to me, that is being present. Like I I have had to really monitor um, myself throughout every day. And I'm not always good at this, but I, I, I constantly, no, I often check in with myself throughout the day and think like, what is it I'm feeling? What is it I need? And, and I think that that has helped me to be more present because that tells me what I need to do that day to connect with God. What I do to connect with God may look different today than it did yesterday. It may involve scripture study, but it may not. Um, it always involves prayer because I don't know how to connect with somebody without talking to them. Um, but does, does that help at all? Does that kind of, I don't see dailies as a task list or a checklist so much as I do. It's just a daily thing for me to have that spiritual connection. Well, Eckhart Tolle, I mean, he talks a little bit about, I believe this is also in the introduction about addiction that, and maybe this is part of part of the pain body that he doesn't really go into, mm. um, but talks about how this pain that we that we get is like uh, I don't know exactly the way he says it, so I could be totally botching. But it basically, it's a form of addiction. This, this this pain that we feel, and we keep going back to whatever drug it is. He he lists off several different things um, that people are addicted to, and they they run into these emotions and then they go to their drug to to get away from it but he talks about you know feeling <clears throat> feeling those emotions and not not pushing them away he's like accept them into you he's like accept the emotions you know being present you know if you're being present with your emotions when you have them you're not going to ignore them you're not going to push them away you're going to accept them let them be there you acknowledge they're there and let them run their course so that they can do what they're supposed to do so you can heal from whatever trauma or, or whatever had caused that pain in the past but being present with those emotions is is just it's just that you know when you feel those those emotions you just sit in it don't push it away accept it let it do its work and it'll eventually dissipate and go away and you'll you'll feel those those feelings of being light and ease and peace and things like that um when you come when you're when you're going through all that stuff yeah that's i think that's such a powerful principle like your brain is what's created the mechanism to go to an emotional reaction to something so for example if you see something that triggers you that whole process of being triggered and emotionally starting to feel it inside of your body, a need of whatever it is that you're addicted to, all of that is just created by your, your ego and your brain because that's how it's dealt with pain in the past. And it's gone on this loop and it's just cycling through. And for so long, whenever you've felt that, you've been like, okay, I need to avoid that. I need to stay away from that. Where, where this principle, Christian is just spot on. It's you sit there and you just you sit with it, but the more you do that, the more you start to disconnect the emotional side of it. 
you start to recognize that there's something that you're experiencing, but your body doesn't, it stops reacting the way that it, that it once did because you've now disconnected because you've been present with it and you're just sitting there watching yourself. You're no longer going directly to, to that outlet. And, and so that's why I think any struggle that you live, if you can sit with it and you can try to understand what's going on, you'll disconnect the emotion that usually drives us to feelings, which is, is the problem of looking back, looking forward in an addiction cycle. And we can overcome all of that to find peace and light. Yeah. I love what he said about, um, as we're watching these emotions, well, well, to back up a little bit, he, he talked about how emotion is a physical manifestation of a state of mind, or I think something going on in your mind. And he even talked about like, well, what if, I think the question was asked like, well, what if, what if your state of mind uh, conflicts with your emotion? What if, what if your state of mind is saying one thing, but you're feeling something totally different? And he said, the emotion is your truth and the state of mind is a lie. Um, and he said, not your absolute truth, but the truth of your state of mind at that, that given moment. I, I love how he talks about just looking at those emotions and, and kind of using them as a signal that something's wrong. But, but he says, don't judge them and don't analyze them. Just watch them. Right. Like that's, that's what I try to do. I try to psychoanalyze myself all the time. I have all these emotions that come up and I, I either my initial gut or my knee jerk reaction is to, to suppress them because I don't want to feel them. They, they feel dangerous to me. Um, but even as I feel them, I start to analyze them and think, well, why am I feeling that way? Like what, what do I need? And, and I think what he's saying is for them to go away, for them to just kind of pass and process naturally, we just step back and, and experience them and, and let them go on their merry way. Yeah. yeah I mean, Cause if you start analyzing, if you start analyzing the emotions, you're you're really not in your state of being. You're in your state of mind because you're thinking about, okay, well, what's causing this? What is this? And so then you're just gonna start going around thinking about the past and or if it's something about your future that that caused the trigger, then you're thinking about the future and you're not actually being present with the emotion. You're trying to see where the emotion came from, which if you think about like the whole premise behind the book, emotion came from right now. It didn't come from anywhere else. It came from now, right in this very second, because that's only the only thing that exists is now. And so if, it came from now. Well, that's the enlightened, that's the enlightened thinking on it. Right. But the brain doesn't think that way. I mean, the ego right. itself wants to push you into the past and the future. That's the whole point of ego is to, is to, to hijack that so you're right that his the enlightened way of thinking about it is just the present now um is how is how you take away those things but that's that's the problem with it that's why it's so hard and it feels like what you're describing christian is like riding the fence you know like like as you're sitting there thinking about you know oh i recognize that i'm having this thought but then your brain goes into past and future thinking and you're processing and evaluating and then you're like oh i'm having this thought why am i having this thought it feels like you're like on the on the verge of trying to become like present you know what i mean but you're yeah. but you're stuck you get sucked back into the, the ego and it feels like sometimes that can be such a very uncomfortable place to be right in that fence what I, I think that's why he talks about just watching. I think that what, you know, I think of it like, I think a lot of emotions do arise out of 
thinking of the past or the future. I mean, to me, I mean, you think about like resentment, for instance, like a lot of resentment is based upon what happened to you in the past. And you're literally reliving what happened in the past. Um, Joe and Charlie, well, no, I won't go into that. They have, they have a pretty funny discourse around that, but um, they, I, I think that when we can watch it, it almost like pulls us out of that, out of that, future state of mind or that past state of mind and helps us to be present to watch and and to realize like i'm okay right now you know like i don't i don't have to relive this resentment or i don't have to stress about what's going to happen in the future like you know is my is my job at stake or my livelihood at stake like let's just be here be now and and watch what happens now isn't it easy to get sucked in though like for me and this just might be my brain because I sit back and I'm like, I want to watch. And then as I'm watching, then, a, then I find myself concentrating on a, on a thought past or present. Like I'm like, okay, I'm sitting back. And then before you know it, I'm thinking about something I need to do today or, you know, and then I'm like, Oh, okay. Let me bring it back. Watch chill. And then it sucks off to, to something, something else. That's what I kind of, what I mean by the riding the fence so often is that state of watching is such a, feels like a very thin veil for me to stay on one side before I seep back into, you know, just a lack of concentration on just the present and, and it seeps back into present and past or to future and past. Would that be, would that be a lack of, of acceptance? Maybe. Mm, could be. Because if you're, yeah. I mean, if, if we're not, if we're not content, then we're not accepting the way that the world is right now, right? At, at the given moment. Well, for me, it's not like contentment. It's not, it's not really like when I evaluate my brain, it's just a matter of distraction. You know, it's, it's just like, I, I want to be there, but I just, as I, as I'm trying to keep it clear, the brain just starts to overrun. It just starts to, starts to take over. And it's a, it's, it's, it's not as, I have to like, for example, I have to have something to focus on. I've got to have the trees. I've got to have my breath. I've got to have, you know, in meditation, I always have to have something else that I can point my mind to, to keep it on track. And, and so just being present is, is lift for me, unless I've got something that I can really, really focus on. Well, well he I even mentioned that that is. Go, go Chad. Uh, I was just going to say, like, he mentioned that that is how we force ourselves into that mode, that state of being is to stop and just pay attention to what's going on around you. Pay attention mm -hmm. to, you know, what things look like, what things smell like, what things feel like. Like, that's a way to he's he I think he used the word force our way into that, that way of thinking or that way of not thinking, I guess. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. That's I, I agree. That's pretty much what I was going to talk about. Yeah. Can I, can I, think. Yeah, go ahead, Jay. All right. So one thing that's helped me as I've worked on this is because Jason, I understand where you're coming from. Where like you, we really want to do this, and you focus on it. like yeah, I'm going to watch these thoughts, and like like he's like uh, totally says, be the silent observer. You know, mm -hmm. what I found is easy, it makes it easy for me is actually treat it almost like I'm watching a movie and and have fun with it. Like instead of it being something I have to do. Have it be like a game that I that I play with myself. Like, okay, what? Where is this thought gonna go? Where are these feelings gonna go? And just let them let them happen. But instead of being like, oh, okay, I have to watch them and see what happens. I just like 
just sit back and, and have fun with it. It's like, this, this is kind of cool. And, and, and just experience, but it's just a different, it's, it's the same thing, but it's a little bit different shift of focus from something that needs to be done to something that, that you actually enjoy doing or want to do. That, that's I, helped me a little bit. No, that's good. I, I would love to be there. I feel like my watcher disappears when that happens though. Like I'm, I'm semi-conscious of the fact that the watcher is, is, you know, when I slip into those modes, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm in a watching position anymore. It's like, he's kind of back there, but just, just not until he starts to come back to the front of my stage and I recognize what just happened. And that's when, that's when I can bring it back to the present and, and start to focus on the now. Does that make sense, JD? Yeah. No. And so what, so what's, what's your response to that? <laughs> you got, you got to let go. You're me. <laughs> yeah. You got to let go, man. That's really what it comes down to. Um, another thing I found is like, don't should on yourself. Like yeah. if you ever find yourself saying, Oh, I should be doing this or I should be doing that. You know, you're, you're not in, in the present. You're thinking about future or past or something. So if you ever catch yourself doing that, just let go of that too. So let go of that should just be like, okay, there's nothing that I that I should be doing. And I, I love how Tolly in his thing says, you know, if whatever you're doing, go fully into it. Like even if you are being lazy, be, go fully yeah, into your that. laziness and just be there, you know. He's like, uh -huh. eventually you'll come out of it. Or if you don't, still okay. You know, don't be there like, I'm being lazy, but I should be doing this or should be prepping for this or should be reading a book. Or, you know, if you find yourself doing that, just let that stuff go. Just be like, all right. Let's, I'm just Lesson for lazy. every wife to hear. <clears throat> What's that? <laughs> Well, well, again, for this. Is it a lesson for every wife to hear? <clears throat> not from us, unless you want to no, be in the doghouse. No. No. Try to get her to listen to the book. It's not happening yet. We'll see. Maybe one. <laughs> subtle, subtle nudges. A lot of that should is based in shame, anyway. You know, the, the sense oh, yeah. that I'm doing something wrong. I am holy wrong. I am bad. I am. Why can't I get my life together? You know, that kind of thing. And it feels like you've got so much unhealthy. ego programming that just really strengthens that, that outlook. So can we, can we go back to a concept that I don't, I don't, I don't quite have a grasp on because I got to chapter four and then I restarted because I knew our conversations weren't going to go that far. And I didn't get back to chapter two yet because I kind of was re-listening to stuff. So the watcher really falls into chapter two, right? So what, what is like what is the watcher what is that concept the watcher is your is your true self it's it's the self behind the ego the ego mask right and so like it's it's like Eckhart Tolle the, the power in the way he explains this is that it's not that he read a bunch of information and like hey this sounds like a good idea he had that experience right he, he found himself in a really dark place and he's like I can't live with myself anymore and then it dawned on him, like, wait, if I can't live with myself, there's got to be two of me, right? And which one it is? And it's that realization that actually led him into the experience that he had that he kind of explained a little bit that to where he came to understand all of this. And it's direct knowledge. It's not uh, education. It's it's uh, from other sources. And that's that's why reading something from a guy like this, as long as you believe what he's saying, that, that he did have that experience, that he's it's firsthand knowledge he's sharing. And right. so he was able to see from that there is a watcher. And have you guys ever read any of the books by Michael Singer, like the um, Uncovered Soul or the Surrender Experiment? Mm -hmm. No. 
It real he his books are awesome and he, he does it he talks about the that the watcher like the you know behind all this stuff and he does a really good good job of explaining it in a very easy to understand way so if that's something that you really want to dive into look, read michael singer's books got it well maybe we'll do it on the podcast <laughs> got plenty so i'm gonna throw out another question just because i because i'm confused this book Honestly, it's confusing me. So I, I hear I hear the part where you guys are saying, you know, like, Christian, I think you mentioned the most is like, sometimes we just got to stop and feel, you know, just just recognize our feelings, let them, you know, process. But like, you know, like sit in your feelings is kind of a, uh, I guess, a common concept. But like, you know, as we feel them and allow ourselves, I don't think we need to go deep into like why am i feeling this but just feel it sit with that for you know however long it takes you know like if i'm mad or depressed like i don't need to know why i just need to feel it and that is like being present but i think where i get confused is i'm hearing some of this other stuff of like like being on the fence it's almost like am i just ignoring those feelings then like you know what i mean like i i don't know there's something in my in my uh I'm trying to think the right word. Something in my core beliefs that that there's a conflict there, and I don't I don't know why I can't get around that because I'm I'm to me I'm hearing two different things. Where you guys are probably actually trying to bring them into parallel. Well, let me just clarify first. The sitting on the fence really isn't. It's just a struggle for me to to be fully. Well, not a struggle. I I shouldn't shit on myself or or judge that at all. But but that's that's the practice is just trying to be present. But I think when it comes to something like like depression, really depression is just a moment where you're stuck thinking about something in the past. And if you can focus on present right now, there is no past. The past doesn't exist. The future doesn't exist. The only thing that exists is right now. That's the past. Now Now it's now and now, you know, so that's, it's right now. So, so if you focus on that and you stop and you stop thinking about the past and you can just be present, then, then those other types of pain and emotional wellness issues, they just go away because you are just completely absorbed in what's happening right now in front of you. Does that make any sense at all? I mean, maybe yeah. logistically, but can't no think about it practically though. How, like when you're struggling, when you're having a, a moment of depression and you feel like depression is starting to take over your thoughts and you can pull back and recognize the fact that depression, I I could almost call it that pain body. Right. Just think of it as a separate entity that's out there that is causing you pain. Once you recognize that and you recognize that it's not you for one, and you can dis you can kind of distance yourself a little bit from it and just be present, then it alleviates the pain that it has on you or the hold that it has on you. So I gotta ask. Are you talking clinical depression or are you just talking like moments of sadness? Because that doesn't sound like clinical depression to me. I, I would say moments of sadness. Clinical depression is a whole different ball game. Yeah. Because I, I well, uh, I I no, I I actually disagree. I think depression, sadness, and clinical depression 
can be one in the same. And obviously there's going to be so much, there's so much else out there, but, but having lots of family that have, that have dealt with this and going through and reading this, I, I, and he talks about this, he talks specifically about how depression and anxiety and, and people that are really struggling with these things, um, if they can learn to focus and meditate on the present, that that can really have a profound impact on them. And there's going to be varying degrees of this, I'm sure. But, but I, I think that it, I think it has a place. I just, the reason I ask is, is actually, um, I haven't, well, I, I guess I have been diagnosed. I don't know to what extent I, you know, have depression, but I feel like I was just in that mode over the last month or so. And, uh, I felt like there was plenty, a lot of times where I would sit there and, and try to like, what is going on with me? Like, why, why do I feel this way? What am I, what am I feeling and why, you know, I, I talk about that psychoanalysis, but I honestly could not come up with any reason why I should be depressed why, why I couldn't hang on to moments of happiness, you know, and, and, and I'd, I'd have to go back and really analyze that, I guess, a little deeper and, and see like, well, maybe there was something that I was hanging on to something I, I had latched onto that I wasn't really allowing myself to, to get over or to process. But it just, when I think of my experience over the last month, especially, I, ju I just, I don't know, that doesn't ring true with me. And I don't mean to, you know, be argumentative. I just, no, no, I love I, it. I think that people, you know, you're talking cool. chemical imbalance in your, in your mind. And I don't, you know, we don't need to go into all that, but, I think that there might be more to it a lot of times. Well, let me ask you, Mike, all the all the evaluation and all the analysis that you were trying to do to figure out why mm -hmm. is why was that important for you as you were going through that? I guess I thought that if I could understand why I was feeling what I was feeling, that I could work through that and and get over that depression. So for following the concepts of Eckhart Tolle and the power of now, what you're just describing just right there was trying to analyze the emotions, right? Right. Which is, I hadn't read the book at that point, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> like 101, come on. Understand yeah. So, yeah. so maybe, so maybe next time when it comes up, um, now you just have read a little bit of it, you can practice it because that's you know that's the it's with all of these books that we read and go through they all have these concepts and things that we got to learn but we're all like infants adam well maybe not jd but the rest of us are all infants adam <laughs> you know so well, we have here's to the thing them. he talks about this the, the ego wants to hold on to things like that too it's it, uh, he talks about it with with illnesses right severe illnesses they want the the ego finds that as part of their identity your its identity it's like I, it wants to hold on to that and if you let go of that it feels like it's letting go of your identity and that's yeah. a hard thing to do it's part yeah. of that pain body and and so it, it's it can be a difficult thing to do but it's it's so simple that's this whole thing it's so simple that it's, that it's it's hard to do because we think that it has to be complicated we have to complicate everything well so, and just you're you're saying that again chaz like you know, clinical depression, there, there could be, you know, chemical imbalances and you've, you're creating all of these, 
all of these things in your brain to say that you, you have a problem, you know, mm -hmm. instead of like, and this is that we're jumping way ahead on this, but, but going to JD's point, if, if what you're feeling is just, you know, you just evaluate what it is, right? Not evaluate, you recognize it, you see it, you watch it. And that's all you do. You don't evaluate. That's the thing. You just, you just let that go. And you just, you just see what is going on right now and just sit with that. You know, because the problem that you get into is when you start to evaluate it, then you're going back in time and you're starting to look at what happened to you. And then you start to factor sure. in that, oh, I'm clinically depressed. There's something chemically wrong with me too. And this well, just takes you down a, a rabbit hole or it can. To be honest, it didn't even really occur to me that I was depressed when I was kind of in the thick of it. Um, not until my wife said something about it. Did I start to think like, oh, maybe that is what I've been feeling. I just knew that I hadn't been feeling well, take a lot more effort to do anything that I needed to do, you know, that sort of thing. Lost a lot of motivation. So I don't know. I, I'll have to go back and, and think on that some more. And, and, and yeah, you know, you're, it's, it's, it's possible you're very right about, you know, just trying to, in that analysis, going backwards and, and, and evaluating the past rather than actually being present. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. A lot of, like I've read a lot of other, uh, well, a lot, two other books on just mindfulness training and some of those exercises that I mentioned before are very, very, were, were helpful for me a little bit. I still struggle to, you know, I have to have focus on something, but, but I think that if we take time for ourselves to have a very specific intentional moment to just think about our breath and just and be and just try and shut things down you know and then and then try and apply it on a wider swath like like what jd was talking about it you know when i was doing that i it, it really made a big difference i'm trying to get back into it right now and it's you know and and uh it hasn't been as easy to to maintain that but i feel like that was a big help before just you even set a timer and sit down and set a timer and this is this is maybe going into what he you know it's clock time you know it's not psychological time so but you you set 10 minutes and you just breathe and you just really focus in on the breath that you have and just try and make that your only thing and and it becomes really important for me myself i've got to be very kind to myself not to not to be upset if i lose path if i lose my way just come back to the breath very forgivingly come back to your breath and just do that and uh and and it it gets a it, it has been getting a little bit easier the more and more i do that but just another tip that was helpful before one other tip one thing that really helps me is to not spend time on social media or watching useless tv I know that that can be difficult because it's just part of life. But I, when, as I've been really working on trying to put my attention in the present, put, putting those things aside and whether I I'm like when normally I'd sit down and watch TV for an hour, I go out and just go for a walk or put some headphones in and sit on the front porch staring at, you know, and just listening to something um, that is that is a tool that I've used uh, both social media and TV, just cut it out to bare minimum. And it's helped a lot. Hmm. Yeah, I've written off social media, and that did make a big difference in my life. Um, the useless TV thing—that's that's maybe a work in progress. Yeah, it's <laughs> difficult. Yeah, it can be. 
Oh, and I deleted all the little games off my phone too. <laughs> those types of distractions because I figured if I could be if I could be spending thirty minutes playing Candy Crush, I could be spending. Well, I mean, sitting. Yeah, like what is all that stuff? It's all. It's a way to escape reality. Right? Yeah, it's distraction. It's, it's a, to move, take your attention of out of here now. Right. You know? Exactly. Yeah. So, I want to say oh, though, guys, that think... with uh, like, because I, you know, I, I've only ever had Facebook, but I, I decided to stop logging into that because it is a, uh, is a trigger for me, and, uh, um, but I, I've noticed like I gotta have something to fill the time in. You know, so like JD, you mentioned, like go for a walk or even just just sit on the porch, um, and listen to something, or, or you know, maybe that's a time to meditate. But if you're not gonna fill that time in, that you know, that thirty minutes of playing Candy Crush or whatever it is, you're you're still not being productive. Right. Like you, you have to fill that time in with something else, and I'm not very good at that. Like that's where I, I it's like, you know, that's where it's like, well, some mind numbing TV time is, is sounds pretty, you know, it, it's to me, like the, even going on the walk or even just sitting on the porch, like that still sounds like work where if I turned on the TV, I can check out and I can not like it, it may not be a trap for me, you know, or, or a tunnel where I go down a path that I don't want to, but it still just checks me out. I'm numb. You know, so I, I challenge you just try the porch I like, I love that idea. Um, and it is, it is a, it's such a peaceful experience. It can be, everybody's going to be different, but John, that's my challenge to you is like, just go when this is done, even tonight, just go sit on the porch and just breathe and just try and keep your mind empty and don't. And if it starts to feel like work, just come back to the present. Try not to put any labels on it. Just, just try and just look around. I don't know. I don't know what your view out the back porch is or the front porch, or if you have a, a place where you can just, just breathe and just be there. Um, just see what it's like. You know, I, I think you might find that it's a little less work than you think it is. And then once you catch just a glimpse of going into the state of being, you know, going into the state of just now and just being here now and being in the present it'll you'll like when you first started it's going to be like euphoric like it's because it's a different experience right you're gonna clear all that stuff out of your mind it's gonna feel awesome you're like that was amazing and then but you're gonna come right back to your thinking and all this stuff letting your mind get running again and you just have to like what jason was just saying you have to keep pulling yourself back you have to force yourself back in just like any of the skills we just have to practice them like i was saying earlier we're all infants in this so it's one being aware of it, which now you are. Now it's about consciously trying to apply the concepts that you're learning, that we're all learning, um, reading the book about pulling yourself into the now and just doing it over and over. And eventually it gets to where it's just second nature to where you're just there all the time. You know, some crazy words that he uses a lot is, um, what was it? Um, disidentify and transmutation do you remember like it feels like he uses those all the time and it's it's like you're saying you've got like if you have pain or if you have an identity that you're attached to you've got to disidentify from that and just watch it 
like JD was saying, it's a movie. You just got to watch it like it's a movie and, and it's not you, you know? So when we say that something is hard, when we say something is not fun, you know, we've, we've got to really evaluate that that's, you know, where is that coming from and, and recognize that that's coming from our, our ego and disidentify from that and recognize that that's not you. Something you said that is, I think, uh, I don't know that I fully have absorbed it, but he, he talks about the, the very deep states of being. Um, he talks about love and peace and joy and how those are not actually emotions that they are, like I said, deep states of being that are found only in those brief periods of lack of interference, lack of thinking, you know, that that's, that's the only time that we really feel true love and true joy and true peace. Um, he says they're not emotions that they don't even have. He talked about that. They don't even have an opposite. You know, that there's, there's not even, there's no opposite of love. We think the opposite of love is hate. Well, no, true love has no, no opposite. Like if we truly love somebody or something, there's no room for hate. There's no, it doesn't matter what that person does. You know, there's just, there's no room in that equation. Anyway, it just, it, it made me really kind of step back and look at like, how often do I feel that? Do I feel a lot of love? or a lot of peace or a lot of joy. And, and honestly it is when I'm present and when I feel the spirit like that, those two things, which probably are pretty, uh, maybe synonymous. I don't know. Maybe we can talk about that more next week, but, but like, that's when I feel those things. I think he's absolutely right about that. All right, guys, that was a long one. You guys feeling good? Yeah, I think that was a good thing to close on too. I think that was a yeah. great closing. Yeah. 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 Thanks, Be Chad. still and know God that I am God. God. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we'll go, ahead. we'll go ahead and end it. Till next week.